Oh, there's a perfect song to introduce our next guest as we go in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Christmas has arrived at United Sport and Cycle. Need something for an athlete or sports fan on your list? Uh, well, United has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years as we welcome in an old friend and former Edmonton Investors Group, Cal Nichols, the chairman of the group. Uh, Cal, good to see you yesterday. Welcome to Sports 1440. Yes, thank you. Good morning. Well, it was good to run into you yesterday. They had a nice little event at the uh, Oilers Hall of Fame room as they announced uh, another initiative going on, the Toast of the Town, presented by Prism Flow Products, the Valve Guys. And uh, next April, you will be the uh, Toast of the Town. When they approached you about uh, being a part of this fundraiser, what was your reaction? Well, I was uh, obviously very flattered uh, to be asked to do this. And... uh, and uh, I guess uh, it was not a, a difficult decision because I think the cause is uh, like none other. And to be able to pitch in and help me and raise money for the Cross Cancer Institute, uh, I think, is uh, fantastic. So happy to do it. Well, you'll be the third one, and it was qu- kind of funny that uh, Kevin Lowe spoke yesterday. Barry Stafford and, and Brian Anstis have done a remarkable job uh, putting this all together, and as well with all the uh, other you know uh, people that have organized this. But uh, Kevin had the funny comment saying, because Barry was the first, you're the third, and Kevin says, uh, "What did? He, how did he go? Well, I was way better than you, Barry. Now Cal's way better than me. Uh, Kevin is pretty smooth. Yeah, isn't he? So you, I call you the, the the pride of Paradise Hill because that's where you came from. And we, we met a long time ago, even sort of before, uh, you know, hockey was kind of involved because we had a, a mutual friend back in Meadow Lake, Dave Soulsby, when you were doing all your work with Gasland and, and things like that. So just to touch on your journey, Cal, back in Saskatchewan and how things kind of evolved for you on the business end and then how you ended up to kind of spearhead the Edmonton Investors Group. Okay. It's a long uh, one. Sorry, big guy. <laughs> I was uh, I was born in Paradise. So uh, uh, we actually lived in a, a town about 10, 11 miles away called Frenchman Butte. Hmm. Um, and I lived, we, were, we were there until I was 13 years old. But Paradise still had the hospital at the time. So that's where my, myself and my brother were, were born. And my dad was in... He was a bulk uh, petroleum agent for Esso, and he had an insurance business. And they were doing some uh, amalgamating of towns and facilities. So they asked him to move to Paradise Hill, which uh, we ended up, uh, he built a house uh, about a stone's throw from the hospital where I was born. So I did uh, five years of school, finished my high school there. And I worked uh, along with my dad on like after school uh, Saturdays and uh, summer holidays. So I became very familiar with the business. Hmm. And then uh, I, when I finished school, I was ready to think about what, what do I do next? And the, the bulk plant in St. Wahlberg came up, <laughs> it became available. I was kind of run down and uh, they were having trouble finding somebody to take it on. So my dad said to the people at ESO, uh, what about my son? Uh, he's been around the business. Uh, he said, well, geez, he's not, you know, uh, the age requirement we have of 21. Uh, well, he said, I'll, I'll sign them in for you, and, uh, which he did. And so uh, we next thing was I had to figure out how to finance a fuel delivery truck, hmm. and it was going to require 
$2,000. So uh, my dad came to the, com- or went with me to the Bank of Commerce and co-signed a loan for $2,000 so I had down payment for a fuel uh, delivery truck. So that was my start. And uh, and then it just went on from there. I spent seven years there. Uh, of course, very involved in uh, the community, mm-hmm. uh, hockey teams and the baseball teams. And I uh, met my wife there. She yeah. was had been uh, in Saskatoon uh, nursing school, and uh, she lived on a local farm. And, uh, so we ended up getting married and then uh, ended up moving to Edmonton. And I worked for Esso. Uh, actually, I bought a small town hotel up at Thorhill. <laughs> and uh, I figured there was... Uh, some magic in being able to buy beer wholesale, but uh, that was only a myth. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and and then things just kind of went from there, Cal. Where you kept building and building, and how did you get? Uh, I'm, I know we're kind of fast forwarding here a little bit, but to get to the stage where you kind of spearheaded the Edmonton Investors Group uh, to purchase the team, and and not only purchase the team, a lot of people probably don't know to save the team because yeah. it was close to leaving. Yeah, well, that all started in uh, in 1996 with the uh, ticket drive, and uh, at that time the uh, the orders were down to like 6,500 season tickets, and the and the building was at times it looked very empty. And I remember in '87, the third round of the playoffs against Winnipeg, there was only 13,000 people in the building for that playoff game, and it was we were the orders were behind three games to one. And playing at home, and they won that game, and then ended up beating them in a seven-game series, and went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. So, but anyway, it was—you could tell there was problems because mm-hmm. you know uh, cost a lot of money to pay players, and they were trying to compete with the bigger cities that had unlimited resources. Yeah. And uh, the league knew that it was. Uh, vitally important to uh, save the Canadian teams because their biggest source of TV revenue came out of Canada at that time, and 60% of the players were Canadian. So uh, anyway, they came up with a a program and a plan called uh, CCAP, Currency Assistance Program for the Canadian team. And they had the owners go back to their markets and say, if you achieve these following goals, 13,000 season tickets, all your dashboards, mm-hmm. 90% of the sky suits, then you qualify for some of this money. So I ended up going to organizational meetings, and a structure was put together, and I ended up uh, being one of the uh, lead, kind of leaders of a mm-hmm. geographic group. And we were, we were I, had, I just brought in a lot of my friends and, and uh, acquaintances and suppliers and mm-hmm. customers. So, and we started having early success, so pretty soon I became the chairman of the whole uh, Friends of the Oilers program. So uh, we're with Cal Nichols, former EIG chairman. Uh, could Is it possible, Cal, uh, on a scale of you know 1 to 10, to say how close the Oilers were to leaving Edmonton? Is it at all possible for you to, to say something like that, to put a number on yeah. it? Yeah, well... Uh, what happened, the ticket drive turned out uh, it was a success. Mm-hmm. Got all, uh, reached all the goals. 
And so I thought that was it for me. I uh, did what I, you know, volunteered to do. And, but, you know, I could just sense there were still problems. And so within a year, uh, the uh, sort of the feedback started being out, out there that uh, there were still financial problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter uh, Pocketton was looking at, again, at his options. And then finally, the Alberta Treasury Branch did call on the security. And therefore, uh, you know, mm-hmm. long story short, the team was really either up for sale or it was going to be moved. But there was something called the Edmonton 1994 Location Agreement that gave the, a local group, whoever they were, uh, an option to buy the team, keep it here at $70 million U.S., which was about $100 million Canadian. Yeah. So the game began in terms of how to put together a group to uh, try and raise the money and keep the team here. How how hard, Cal, was it to, when you put everybody together, you have, you know, different personalities, different business people. Uh, everyone was successful in their own right. How hard yeah. was that to assemble? Yes, well, you're right about all that. Uh, we, uh, there was, turned out there'd be, there was 38 of us. And, you know, it, it, at the time, I had put together a, a pro forma as to how we thought we could make it work. And I just went basically door knocking, and most of the 38, almost none of them I'd ever heard of before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Gregg was one of the few, but we didn't, you know, I didn't really know him well. I just, I knew who he was. The rest of them were strangers. Mm-hmm. Many of them didn't even live in Edmonton. They were come from other parts of the country. Lloyd Minster is an example. There was eight people there that put money in in the end. Uh, a guy from Los Angeles, Peter Tewitz. Yeah. Uh, person, the comic book guy, Todd McFarland yeah. in Phoenix. So there were, it was quite the group, actually. So but, uh, uh, it was, everybody knew it was risk, and people either had to have um, some spare money that they mm-hmm. could risk, and they, they were hockey fans. So that was kind of the start of it all. So, Cal, what's it mean to you when you hear people yesterday saying and some high-profile guys in our city saying, you know, at, at the uh, Toast of the Town presented by Prism Flow uh, News Conference, uh, that we wouldn't be sitting in this Hall of Fame room, we wouldn't be having an ice district, we wouldn't have Connor McDavid without a guy like Cal Nichols. What's that mean to you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm obviously very pleased with uh, the way it turned out mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, it was quite the experience, uh, I, uh, you know, the the goal to me was do what we got to do to uh, keep the team here. And then during my tenure there, I could see that we needed to upgrade the building mm-hmm. and all of the other cities that were, were going into the uh, the new era of, of upgraded buildings. Well, most of them were downtown, and I could see that clearly that was what we needed to do here. Mm-hmm. So a lot of work and uh, oof. A lot of travel and a lot of meetings, but you know, I, I look back on it, and it was a it was a fun time of my life, and I'm glad that I did what I did. Yeah, it was an incredible run for the EIG up, and you know, and the right decision in the end to to, to sell the team to Daryl Cates. Just kind of run through that process quickly. Well, first of all, you asked how close was it to leaving. Yeah, uh, we were uh, kind of uh, lagging a little bit. We 
got in around Christmas, and we only had 35 million to try and get to 60. And then on top of that, we were going to borrow another 15 million. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, we were finally running out of time with the uh, with the league. And finally, Gary Bettman just gave us an ultimatum. We had six weeks to raise the rest. And uh, as usual, a crisis kind of puts it all on the line. And hmm. Winnipeg and Quebec City had just lost their teams. And we got the feedback we got from all of them was, do what you got to do. Don't let this happen to your city because uh, you'll, you'll pay a huge price for it. And so anyway, we were able to scramble around to the point of raising what we needed to. And, and we did it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But then after that time, uh, some of the guys, we were an old group, really, when we put it together. There was a lot of guys that were already 70-ish. And uh, it got to the point where some of them weren't even here anymore. And other, others wanted out. So I just felt it came to a time where we'd done what we could. And maybe it was time to uh, move on. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um so Toast of the Town, presented by Prism Flow Products, coming up in April, uh, and you'll be the toast. Uh, how excited are you for, you know, this event and, uh, again, to raise money for a great cause and a great night in Edmonton? I, I, I think uh, the chances are that it's going to turn into a bit of a roast, <laughs> which, which, which I'm fine with. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're doing these things, you might as well have some fun doing it and... Uh, I hope that's the way it works out. Well, at the end of it all, the cause that we're doing yeah. for is uh, is really important. And hopefully, I'll, I'll be a little bit involved. I can't wait to tell uh, you know people that will be there uh, the time that you and I and Patrick LaForge at about midnight one night went out to a little greasy joint in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> and uh, a little bit, yes. Yeah, and we had burgers and beer and. Uh, fries and uh, we were solving the world's problems at about one in the morning and then the bill came and you and Patrick were fighting over it with your credit cards and the guy says we only take cash at this time of the night neither of you had any cash I had to spend my whole per diem for a week just to pay the bill for you guys for all this health food that we were getting, eating and drinking yeah the old blood pressure was still going pretty high at uh, three four in the morning wasn't it yeah, well, there's many of those stories around for sure. Oh, well, I'm sure everyone's going to be sharing a lot. Cal, uh, continued success. You were a pillar and are a pillar of the the community and one of the main reasons that we still have hockey here in Edmonton today, and a lot of people don't know that. So uh, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the Christmas holidays with Edna and the rest of your family. Uh, thanks for this, and uh, we'll see you soon. Hey, you're welcome, Kevin. Okay. That's Cal Nichols, former EIG chairman as we went in the community for united sport and cycle a community family owned community business for over 95 years uh man that cal nichols people don't realize how close the oilers were to leaving edmonton and what went on you know as cal said from 95 96 to to the sale and then all through some tough times and then you know, the great series against Dallas and Colorado, then the run in 06, man. It was a, a very, very important time in sports history in our city. When we come back, uh, we will check in with Scott Wheeler from The Athletic, and we'll talk a little World Junior Hockey Championship in Canada's roster. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. 
All right, welcome back to the big program. Duke, what did he, uh, what do we deserve for two BA cuts? Brian Adams twice in one show? What's going on? Feeling a little frisky oh, here on a oh. Thursday for some uh, some double Brian Adams. And I mean, hey, that's a, a fitting song given our next uh, topic <laughs> of discussion, I think. Yes, our next topic of discussion is the World Junior Hockey Championship coming up in Canada's team heading over to Sweden. And that's why we welcome in Scott Wheeler from The Athletic uh, to Sports 1440. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, just talk about the cuts, I guess. First of all, uh, we were really hoping around these parts that there would be two players from Irma. We had uh, Darcy Gulbroff from Irma Minor Hockey Association on yesterday. We were hoping Jagger Fergus and both Scott Ratzlaff would make the grade. Only Ratzlaff did. Why do you think that uh, Jagger Fergus didn't make the grade? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, interesting outcome for Jagger Furkus. He was probably the only player cut yesterday who I had uh, sort of projected to make a, a mock roster in my head uh, coming into camp. He's obviously been exceptional in the WHL, really over the course of the last three seasons. He's been one of the most productive players in junior hockey over the last two seasons, for sure. Uh, and Peter Anholt, the, the, the management group lead uh, for this year's World Junior Team, is also the, uh, the general manager of the Lethbridge Hurricanes and is extremely familiar with Fraser Minton in the WHL. So mm-hmm. uh, it was actually interesting yesterday just talking to Manholt, uh, Anholt sorry, after, uh, after the cuts were announced and after the team was finalized. Uh, and he said he was disappointed, surprised even, at the way that... Uh, that that Jaeger played in in camp. It, it was just it wasn't his best. Uh, I would agree with that assessment. I thought he he disappointed in camp. Uh, the U Sports All Stars are a very big, heavy team. The Canada played them twice uh, on back to back. Furcus played in both of those games, and Furcus, as we know, is kind of a skinny. That's that's kind of been his identity. He's always been a really skinny, smaller kid, and he just couldn't find ways to make plays. And when you're a five nine hundred and sixty something pound winger you you need to go out there and make plays you need to be a power play guy that's the role that he was going to play if he made this team so uh maybe a little bit of a surprise coming into camp but i wouldn't say that i was all that surprised uh sort of coming out of camp i had a few colleagues ask me hey who do you think are uh, are going to be the cuts and, and his name at, at forward was kind of the first name that that rolled off my tongue so it did feel just based off of the way that he played in the two games against U sports like he was going to be on the outside looking in Scott Wheeler from The Athletic with us on Sports 1440. So our other one of the local products, we'll get to a couple in a second, but Scott Ratzlaff, what did you see with him in goal? And again, was he? did he play with the U-Sports team last night against the World Juniors? Yeah, so each of the goalies played half a game for each of the teams over the course of the final two days of camp. So he played his, uh, half of the game against mm-hmm. Team Canada and half of the game against U-Sports. I thought he was impressive. Uh, the goaltending battle is wide open. It was wide open coming into camp. The goaltender of the four goaltenders that were invited to camp that was cut was actually the one that maybe uh, in Dom DiVincentis, a Winnipeg Jets prospect, was actually probably the one who coming into this season was favored to be the starter for this team, but really struggled in camp, has struggled uh, throughout the season in North Bay with his club team in the OHL. Uh, Ratzlaff didn't get off to his best start in Seattle either, but he had a shutout a couple of weeks ago, and his last few starts coming into camp were strong enough that they felt, even as an 18-year-old and the only 18-year-old goalie who was invited, they felt strong enough about where he was at. Uh, He's got some pedigree with Hockey Canada, which helps him 
He actually played under this Canadian World Junior head coach, Alan Latang, uh, two years ago at the Hilinka Gretzky Cup. Uh, he won gold medal uh, under Latang at the Hilinka Gretzky Cup. So that's a bit of a feather in his cap, just the fact that he's played in a, in a high-pressure international setting before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same cannot be said for Matisse Rousseau and uh, Samuel Saint-Hilaire, who were uh, the other two goalies who've been invited uh, to sort of come over to Sweden and uh, sort of fight for a job. So uh, I think Ratzlaff, even though he's the youngest of the three goalies they've selected, I think he's actually got a, a real chance to, to sort of earn his spot. I expect that each of the three goalies will play one of the three pre-tournament games that Canada plays against Denmark, uh, Switzerland, and, and the United States. Uh, and then they'll go from there as, as the tournament starts on Boxing Day. Um, what about Matthew Savoy? Matthew Savoy had an incredible uh, minor hockey career. You know what? I'm sorry. I got sidetracked here uh, as we were with Scott Wheeler. One of the top defensemen to ever play in the National Hockey League is just coming into our studio, Jason Strudwick. And uh, I totally got sidetracked. I, I apologize, but when Struddy comes into the building, like heads just turned. So anyway, uh, Matt Savoy, Buffalo Sabres, uh, you know, a wonderful career in the Western League so far. What are you, your expectations for, for Savoy in this tournament? I expect Savoy to be a frontline player for, for this team, Canada. Uh, he... Has to be. This team Canada isn't as as sort of deep on high end talent. They they certainly pride themselves on the fact that they're going to be a four line team and that they've got plenty of depth at forward. But the star power that Team Canada is used to bringing to this event just isn't there this year. Uh, there were obviously six players who were eligible to play for this team who are currently with NHL or AHL clubs. They're still hopeful that one uh, one of of Zach Benson or or Matt Poitra. Uh, may still be lent to the team. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Benson has been a longtime teammate in Winnipeg and now Wenatchee um, uh, of Savoy's. Uh, Benson also scored last night for the Buffalo Sabres, their lone goal in the game. So uh, I, I don't like their odds of getting Benson or Poitra, who is a center, obviously, for a uh, a, a team in, in Boston that sorely needs uh, help down the middle at the moment. So uh if, if they don't get those guys, I think Savoy is expected to be one of their top players. He's going to be on their first power play unit. He's likely going to either center or play right wing on their first line. Uh, he's going to be out there in offensive situations. They're going to need him to make plays and score big goals and use his speed. He's one of the fastest players on this team, Canada. He's going to be one of the fastest players on the ice in just about any game he's in. And they need his pace and his skill to, to really shine through and uh, for him to be a, a really sort of impact, maybe even a star player in this tournament if they want to contend for a gold medal. Scott Wheeler, our guest on Sports 1440, talking all things World Junior as the national team roster was announced last night and uh, some local flair, local product on the team. What do you make as the team as a whole, Scott, going into this tournament? You You always hear that the Americans will be you know, top of the table. Sweden's got a great team. Finland will be there. Where does Canada fit into this puzzle uh, trying to win a medal here? I think on paper, uh, if I were to rank the the 10 teams that are participating in this year's tournament, I'd probably slot them third heading into the tournament. Uh, That doesn't mean that the bronze medal is what they're aiming for, that they can't win a gold medal. This team's absolutely capable of winning a gold medal. Uh, but they, these are pretty special age groups uh, for both USA and for Sweden. Uh, in particular, the U.S., this is a, a stacked uh, sort of 05, 04 group. 
for them, a, a group that they expect to win a gold medal. Um, and then the Swedish blue line in particular in this year's tournament is mm-hmm. is as strong as uh, as strong a blue line as they've made maybe ever sent to this tournament. So uh, that that's that's going to be a difference and a, and a sort of uh, a bit of a gap I think could potentially present itself uh, between those two teams in Canada. Canada is actually in Sweden's group to start here, and Sweden's obviously going to be playing on home ice. So that that round robin game is going to be a huge one. Uh, but this, as far as this team Canada goes, uh, as I mentioned off the top, they're they're certainly uh, a little thin on the high end skill guys. They're missing all of Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Zach Benson, Matt Poitra, Shane Wright was still technically eligible to return. Um, so th- th- that's five forwards right away that could technically have played for this team. Uh, so without those guys, I think that's that's where where the question marks are going to be is. Uh, just do they have enough scoring? Do they have enough guys who are going to sort of break a game open? Uh, certainly Savoy needs to be that for them. Macklin Celebrini, the presumptive number one pick in the mm-hmm. upcoming 2024 draft, needs to be that for them. Jordan Dumay, a Columbus Blue Jackets prospect, needs to do, be that for them. And then in goal is where the biggest gap may present itself. Uh, we touched on it, but it's wide open in goal. There is no... Um, Devin Levi, Joel Hoffer, Dylan Garand. Uh, this, Canada's actually had, for all the, the flack that Canada takes for its goaltending, they've had some really strong performances in recent years from goalies at this tournament. Uh, even Thomas Millich a year ago really stepped up for Team Canada in this tournament. I'm not sure you're going to get that qual- that kind of quality from, from Russo or Ratzlaff or St. Hilaire. Uh, so that that could be uh, the, the backbreaker, if you will. Uh, the Americans are bringing arguably the two of the three or four best goalies in college hockey. Uh, they have not just a one A, but one and one B, but sort of truly two starters. Uh, and then Hugo Havlid, the presumptive starter for Sweden, is is a star at, at this level internationally. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's there. There there are some holes. They're they're really strong on the blue line. Uh, Tristan Luno, Maverick Lamoura, Denton Matejchuk out of the WHL. Those three guys are going to play big minutes for Canada, and they should be top top players at this level. The kind of players who can work their way into the All Star team conversation, kind of thing. Uh, so they've got a strong blue line. They're deep up front, but they're they're sort of missing that in net and up front. They're sort of missing the the star pieces that they're used to. Hey, Scott, thanks so much for uh, coming on this morning, hopping on. Uh, really appreciate all your insight. Uh, I think you, like the rest of us, are really looking forward to this uh, tournament. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on on Sports 1440 today. Yeah, can't wait to get over there. It's a fun time of the year. Oh, no question, and you're a lucky man to head over there. Thanks for this, uh, Scott. That's Scott Wheeler from The Athletic. Canada opens the tournament the 26th uh, against Finland on Boxing Day, but before that, the pre-tournament game start December 19th against uh, Denmark. Uh, I hope Bob, our texture yesterday, was happy with the preparation of that and uh, World Junior and everything like that. You never know. Not very often does a guy like myself get starstruck. But <laughs> but today, I'm literally starstruck because, you know, you, you, we see the mall walkers come in here, Duke, and we see people come by. You know, we've got the glass doors here at the end of West Edmonton Mall. But I turn around because there's... There's just an like an imposing presence. You can feel you can feel it through the glass doors, and you look, and it's Jason Strudwick, and he's come into the studio to say hello and wish 
all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas and everything. Strutty, good. When's the last time we saw each other in person? Because we talk and text yeah. a lot. But. Yeah, well, you text me a lot. Doesn't mean I respond a lot. <laughs> um, but no, you know what? I, I'm Christmas shopping. Obviously, I'm a power shopper, right? A couple hours. And I, I was looking, was I going to get you? I walk in the studio, I see I have a pair of shorts on. Yeah. And I realize that what you need is some kind of a squat rack. Put some, those legs are so skinny. Let me show I, you the cow. I thought it was a flamingo. Def- Look at the uh, calf, the definition on the calves. A flamingo. You, Listen, I thought Gregor had Gregor. small calves. You don't talk about the calves with me with Gregor. <laughs> These are, look at, the, those are the definition. Look at that. That's from doing stairs in the River Valley, man. I, I couldn't believe it. But, so do you wear shorts every day? Like, is that? Okay, what happened was earlier when we came in, we started September here, and it was hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> A couple days yeah. was so hot. So I just, and I had shorts on at the time. And then we got in in November, and it was still hot in here. So I thought, well, you know. So I, I change. I have a little okay. little tree there, yeah. or like where we hang our clothes. And I thought I might as well just keep going. Plus, we're doing we do the video stuff at yeah. times. What do you think of this shirt? I do I do like it. It See? looks like he maybe stole it from Graceland, but I respect <laughs> that shirt. It, what is is that crushed velvet? Uh, what is it? No, it's felt. Felt. Well, I, I actually think it, it is nice. now. It is felt now. You can pull it off. Like I couldn't pull that off. I, I have too much musculature. But for you. <laughs> It looks nice. How are that. you doing though? How are you, how have you been doing? <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm doing my Christmas yeah. shopping. I have two done out of about ten. So uh, I've got about another hour and a half to get you, it done. All in the mall here, or what are you doing? Well, that's the goal. That's the goal. David Schlemko did it on yesterday. He did Schlemmer? all of it. He he can't. He's our co-host. Yeah, on I love Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So he came in here. He said two and a half hours. He'd be done really? everything. So yeah. what, what what would your time frame be? Oh, it's, I don't think it'd be that because by the end I get frustrated and I just start buying gift certificates. Really? Oh, it's just awful. No, is this for the kids? For Shona? Like what? Uh, well, my wife does the kids, okay. and I got Shona's a separate day. I'll take my daughter. So this is just like our family gets small gifts to each other. You know, twenty to fifty bucks. So go down over here, and you, these are the best earrings. You just buy those sparkling earrings at Hilbergenberg. They're on, on okay. the top level here, just in a little what do you call it kiosk? Yeah. That's what I need. That's what you need. You're gonna need a three pack in there. Oh my god! Oh, three packs. Well, you do it because to three he, ladies. Well, like, no, geez, how many? I got one wife. I, I give them all the one. I don't have enough time. So they have they have the choice. They can wear oh. the the red, the silver, yeah. The, yeah. the green. You know, it's the holiday season. Does 1440 have a Christmas gift exchange? Are you guys doing? No, you guys we, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, Strutty, you can be invited to our uh, our fourteen forty Christmas party, which is going to be on the twenty second at Bubba Gump Shrimp, right next. Oh, door. Bubba Gump! I, love Bubba I think Gump it might Shrimp. just be me and Connor Halley, but we're inviting it. <laughs> we're, we're inviting everybody, but it might just be the two of us. I think it's just going to be the two of you. I think Schlemmer uh, Schlemmer will come. I doubt it. <laughs> so, I know you're totally immersed in kids and coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things, and you know, I never really asked you in the last three months. Now, yeah. how's it been? Because you know, you were on the air pretty well every day with Gregor, you know, in yeah. another life. Yeah. It what's, was, this, what's this been like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was. I love the radio, right? The, the interaction, the text yeah. is, all, is all really busy. But now this time, picking kids up from school, driving to school, you know, there's some interesting <laughs> conversations, <laughs> different music selections that I didn't, I didn't realize. Uh, Olivia Rodrigue and I are becoming pretty... Pretty intimate, our songs, uh, some uh, some other ones like that. We like to listen. Taylor, Taylor Swift's birthday yesterday. Oh. I don't know if you knew that. Did no. you know that? No. Yeah. No. My daughter fills me in and all that stuff. So some some interesting conversation. It's good. It's been really good. Getting the kids all the way need to be. My wife's working, so. 
It's nice. I invited you over last week. You said, right. can't make it. It's too busy yeah. running around. Yeah, well, three kids, and they're all like in different sports, right? Obviously. Uh, okay, so Kane is how old now? Uh, I've got a 12-year-old, uh, two 12-year-olds, and, and a 10-year-old. Uh, so two grade seven and one in grade 10. Yeah. So uh, Drew? Drew, yeah. Christmas concert. I went to it. It was a yesterday. Yeah. I saw the... That's interesting. The Christmas concert is always fun. I love those things. I get emotional. I see it. These little kids out there singing their hearts out. Now, just as a quick aside, would their memories of Christmas be the best ever about seven years ago when a certain Santa Claus came to the house? Yeah, there was a certain Santa Claus that came and he, uh, he also had skinny legs. <laughs> I, I don't know. How he does. I don't know how he gets that big sack over his shoulder. <laughs> oh, that was a good night. I was a great yeah. night. Yeah, no, was, that's a lot. You of know, fun. Santa was a little disappointed with the the shortness of the rum pour. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, not just one finger. You know, you you go by hands. You're like you you measure rum like people measure horses. How many hands high is this horse? <laughs> uh, are you sticking around Christmas? What's going on in the Strudwick yeah, family? Here. We're yeah. going to be here, and then uh, yeah, hopefully get some snow. Any tournaments, hockey tournaments? Because there's nope. always that time of the year. We, there are. We shut her down over Christmas oh, okay. for the kids. Yeah, I need the coaches. The the coach needs a break. Oh. Coaches, NAX, you're still, yep, still helping out there. You know, I, I might put in the mall where they need to go. Yeah, I, I do most of it myself, obviously. Man, you're welcome. Okay, okay well, <laughs> here's another thing. So, we miss you at the Oilers alumni skates. I know. Oh, I, it's, it's one today, right now. There's a, today is, a, is an alumni skate. There's one. So you, if pretend you don't have to do Christmas shopping, right, right. You could come to the alumni skates. Twelve forty-five. Twelve. Yeah, I pick my daughter up from school at twelve. My wife's working. That's the thing. I don't have the freedom of that you have to wear shorts like this and, and steal Elvis's T-shirts from Graceland and <laughs> you wear them around. I think, <laughs> is, it, is, is this the first time you and I have ever been like in studio together? No. When a long time ago, 12, you, would, you would host at 1260. Okay. It was Team 1260. Oh, the I team. came in in the summer. And oh, I remember yes. there was a massive rating spike and no one could figure out yeah. why. Well, I knew why. Th- I, well, there was a massive rating spike <laughs> on my end, women 18 to 25, <laughs> but a massive rating spike on the blue hair, 65 to 85 I'm on big, yours. I'm big in that. Yeah. I'm oh. playing tennis now. I've, I've been taking some tennis lessons, and I, I'm mostly with the ladies, and I'm probably 15 <laughs> players. I'm probably in the top 14. What about what about pickleball? You must be playing that then. No, I'm not ready for it. i got to get over 50 before I hit that up, and then I'll – but tennis right now, learn one step at a time, right? Wow. Sick backhand. Unbelievable tennis courts in Laurier Heights there. I'll come play there. I mean, my coach says I went from atrocious backhand to terrible. So it's it's moving up. Like, first of all, like, does your serve even get in? Like, Oh, I, I don't just hammer it. That's the problem. It's unreturnable because <laughs> it's out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's over the back fence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to bring 100 balls to play one set. Well, thanks for stopping in, yep. saying hello. And I, I don't want to. So, what? Where are you going shopping? Like, this is the end of the mall here. Yeah, this like is the, the Lego end. place. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many people are in the Lego place. I love I those mean, Lego. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I'm going to go get an orange Julius. I'm not oh, going to really? lie. And that's how I'm going to do my deep thinking over that. And then probably go get some gift certificates at London Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for stopping in, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas yeah. to you and Shona uh, and everyone in the family. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Wear pants. Do us all a favor. 
Everyone's, they love it. The, the definition on it. the Cavs. The Duke's too classy to say, but I'll say it for all of us. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm. Uh, I don't get exposed to it. This big desk in front of us. I don't. It's it's the best study when we got guests in studios. We come over, take a picture in front of the logo, right. and Kevin's like, "Yeah, keep that camera angle up a little higher. We don't want to see the yeah, legs those, in the picture." Look at the definition. Yeah, yeah you, you, those legs could be hid by a table legs. <laughs> a cane would hide them. <laughs> it's that, the, the best joke is the 150 markers at a golf course, right? <laughs> Thanks, Treddy. Thanks See for you, coming. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap up the show. Uh, stay with us. Kevin Carey's show on Sports 1440. See, this would be a Streddy Christmas song, you know. and That's what I was kind of thinking, too. I'm trying to think the last time I saw him dance. I think it could have been a Chopper Lopatinsky's 50th birthday party. It was at the art gallery. Like, just unbelievable. Like, oh, he would be... It, you can't even explain it. It's sort of like the Elaine off Seinfeld, but not the the, the moves, the, the, the kicks, the little everything. kicks. Yeah, like the snapping of the fingers, the the spasmic uh, gestures. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sure he was probably busting out some moves at uh, Connor Halley's wedding earlier this year. Which, funny enough, just as he was leaving, uh, Connor popped in and, and gave Struddy his his thank you card. <laughs> From Which seven months apparently ago. Connor just carried that around with him, uh, hoping to bump into Jason Strudwick on the streets at some point. So, and I mean, hey, it worked, I guess, seven what, months later. What did Strudy say first thing? Are you guys still married? <laughs> <laughs> um, text coming in uh, from B, We're just with our conversation with Cal Nichols. I know full well how close we were to losing our team. That's why me and a friend took it upon ourselves to hook up with a salesman and sell some season tickets. I had a pair of season tickets back in the day. We ended up selling 16 season tickets ourselves. The Oilers were the very were very appreciative and gave us both autographed jerseys. I think, I mean, maybe Duke, do you remember? Like it's way before your time. But I think a lot of people, maybe your age, don't remember how close the team was to leaving. No, Edmonton. I don't. I I don't think so. And also, is might have had to do with the fact that, like, in my youth, I wasn't a you know Oilers fan. My family wasn't hockey mad, um, so we weren't like keeping tabs on everything super close down in the burn. But because mm-hmm. like, like I obviously being born in the mid nineties, it was my ascension to hockey fandom was kind of in like in its infancy was around that time, and then it kind of crescendoed with the the cup run in 06 and then of course we shift things over to to what we know now. So yeah, it, it was kind of always over my head. Um, I, the, I don't remember really anything like that as a kid uh, mm-hmm. about, about the Oilers or anything else. At that point in my my hockey fandom, it was like I had my favorite players and I watched whatever game was on TV on that night, which was usually just an Oilers or a Flames game or a national one on Saturday night. But otherwise, yeah, it was totally over my head to, to just how close it was to, to not having a team here anymore. Jumping Jack Flash ticks in. Kevin just had a major brain moment. This is uh, an hour ago, so we got we had so many guests coming on. But um, you mentioned a screensaver for the Jonas Brothers. That's what Laddie was talking about, the Duke. Uh, don't get them, but my daughters and five of her singing friends went and enjoyed, but I digress to the Jonas Brothers. How about posting a picture of Gregor's new hairstyle? I'm sure by this time next week, hundreds if not thousands will share the wealth on their cell screens and others. That comes from Jumpin' Jack Flash. Not for me to do, but if someone around here wanted to do that, um, as you know, and Duke, everyone I think our listeners know, Jason Greger and I are in the same fantasy football league. One of the members of the league just happened to be strolling by the mall window here where we are on the west side and took a picture of Greg's while he was doing the show on 
Tuesday, I believe, and then sent it out to our private chat group. <laughs> okay, so there is a nice picture of Greg's. That but is you're, out there. you're not going to be the guy to, to out him. No, you can't do that. I that's, can't. That's I can't. honor. That's honor. <laughs> well. You're a man of honor, Kev. I don't know about that. But <laughs> if someone around here were, and again, maybe it's another way to raise some cash for, you know, for Gregor's month, month, month of, giving. of giving or whatever it is. And speaking of that, are we still at the Richie's bid? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, that was uh, the month of giving and Jason Gregor's going to continue that at uh, two o'clock and it's uh, for a wonderful dinner. Package uh, for 10, technically. It's a Chop Steakhouse, either the Ellerslie or downtown location. So you and five of your guests, so six of you, uh, will get to dine with myself, Eddie Steele, David Schlemko, and Ladislav Schmid from the uh, Sports 1440 Morning Crew. It'll be a five-course dinner. Uh, pairings with wine, choice of beverages in the private room. Thanks uh, to Brad German uh, for doing all this. Uh, the date will occur in the first six months or so of 2024. I can guarantee you'll have a lot of laughs, a lot of fun, a lot of stories, a uh, lot of funny guys here. So if you'd like to bid on that, send us a bid at one 401 1440 And Rich has the last bid at uh, 1200 So... <laughs> Uh, Spruce Grove, Corey says, love how you guys don't trust Low Tide and Declan to continue the bidding. <laughs> or, well, what about the Duke or, Bre- or Connor? Hey, we'll we'll, uh, we'll happily take some bids, but the, yeah. the thing about Low Tide show, like, way too jam-packed. Yeah. He doesn't have time for uh, trying yeah. to trying to pump up Kev's tires. Yeah, they're busy, man. Tide's busy, but uh, yeah. but tell you what, me and Connor will happily uh, continue sure. to take bids uh, during Fantasy Frenzy. Um, lots of hot-button topics today. Sure, top of mind will be Connor Halley's LA Chargers uh Tonight, for the Raiders. I guess so. Huh? We had uh, yesterday. Uh, we were talking about it. Both teams five and eight coming in. Two quarterbacks that. Well, okay. O'Connell started how many games? No, three. Does that sound right? Three or four, even. Yeah. I think this is the first start for the stick man. Although he was fantastic when he was at North Dakota, forty-nine and three. Three four, times straight uh, yeah. FCS champion. Forty-nine TDs to three picks. I think I read yesterday. So he's ripped that league up. <laughs> Um, would you ever start a guy like that in your fantasy league tonight? Zero chance. Oh, come on. I, uh, so I, I'm a Justin Herbert owner um, out for the season. So who's your... Who's right your... as playoffs starting, uh, my backup, this is my dynasty league. My mm-hmm. backup uh, for the past number of years has been Deshaun Watson, yeah. who I've held on to through all of his trials and tribulations. Uh, but he also out for the season. So I went to the waiver wire, grabbed a couple guys. Well, I grabbed one last week, kind of as an emergency basis thing, Baker Mayfield. He had a great Sunday. It would have been way better to play him than Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. But uh, this time around, Matt Stafford getting the call for me. See, he should not be available in your league. That's what I was surprised to yeah. find him there because it's a, it's a single QB league, but mm-hmm. it is dynasty. So the, guy, the backup QB that most people roster, if they need, like for a bye week, they'll just stream a quarterback pick him up and then drop him again. If you're stashing a quarterback, it's usually a young guy uh, that maybe you're drafting or hoping bigger things for, like uh, a Bryce Young, even though he mm-hmm. apparently stinks. Um, a buddy of mine that drafted C.J. Stroud in the last round of our rookie draft, he already owned Patrick Mahomes. So like he's not picking up another good quarterback to just have sitting on his bench. So I'm fortunate and I need it because come a playoff starting this weekend, I'm uh, I'm currently scheduled to lose according to point projections, despite being the uh, the three seed. So hoping Matty S can uh, sling it for me on Sunday. Right now on our league, Nick Mullins is the best free agent quarterback available. 
followed by Mitch Trubisky. Well, definitely not Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Did anybody watch that uh, no, that game bad. last Thursday? I'll um, bet he doesn't finish the game. I'll bet um, dude from OK State goes in. Uh, Mason Rudolph? Mason Rudolph, yeah. I, I was surprised to see he was still a third-string yeah. quarterback. He was dating Jeannie Bouchard for a long time. Mason Rudolph was? Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How about that guy that just sent Jeannie Bouchard a text or whatever? Next thing you know, they went out on a date. You remember oh, that? Oh, that? that was, oh, God. Yeah, that was the 28-3 the to 3 Super Bowl. That was what spurred that. It was, he sent her a tweet saying, if the Patriots come back and win, will you go on a date with me? And Jeannie said, yeah, LOL. And I mean, hey, props to her. She lived up to it. They did. I mean, I'm sure she benefited from it in some uh, publicity marketing so did he. And stuff. Well, yeah, probably. Well, I mean, I, he, he got the, he got treated, of course, uh, Jeannie, uh, at that time, still a little more prominent in the, the sporting world. Uh, I think they went and sat courtside for a hoops game. Uh, <laughs> I think it was it seemed like a good evening for that guy. I think it would have been just swell, wouldn't it have? Uh, Oilers in action tonight. It will be the chance to go for nine in a row. Tampa Bay in town, 13, 12, and 5. That's what the lightning record is coming in. Oilers on this eight-game streak have gone to 13, 12, and 1. You will see four, probably four of the best special teams going at it tonight. Power play ranked third for Tampa, fourth for the Oilers. The PK unit, 13 for Oilers, 15 for Tampa Bay. So something's got to give uh, right there. Stu Skinner will be getting the start, you would assume. one seven zero goals against average during this eight-game winning streak. He's 7-0. Uh, the other win, Cal Pickard against New Jersey. A nine thirty five save percentage for Stu Skinner over that time. Connor McDavid, 10-game uh, scoring streak. Get four uh, goals, 18 assists, and 22 points in that span. So it should be a good one tonight. Uh, just listening to Brian Engblom, and that was a really good conversation between Brian and Laddie, breaking things down in the sense of where the Oilers were, where Tampa Bay sort of is right now. And man, you got a, you got the defending, you know, not defending Stanley Cup champions, but you've got a Stanley Cup championship team in here with so many of the pieces that got Tampa Bay to where it was with playoff. Success. So this should be a really good one tonight. Uh, we've got a busy, busy afternoon again. Get your bids in on the uh, package to go to CHOP. Jason Greger will have a, a, a good, some other good uh, auction items going on in the month of giving coming up at 2 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Rashev T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Dauburn, Brandon Douglas. Uh, that'll be from 11 to 12 here on Sports 1440. At uh, 12 o'clock, it will be the lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2. And then once again, Jason Greger will uh, zip us home 2 o'clock till 6 o'clock right here on Sports 1440. Tomorrow, we will uh, close out the week with our co-host, Eddie Steele. We'll break down the Oilers in Tampa Bay and uh, check things in for probably maybe more of a quieter weekend as we creep up on Christmas 10 days to Christmas tomorrow that's how it doesn't it just zip just crept up on us Duke it this this uh honestly the past three and a half months have pretty much kind of all crept up and flown past me huh. it's wild to think like this like I said I'm swapping uh Monday for Thursday night football with Connor so I can go uh foray my career into the world of CFCW critters but this would be my last my last Thursday night only two more Thursday night games in the NFL season we're uh, you know into a th- well over a third-ish way I guess depending depending on what team you're rooting for because there's a seven game discrepancy yeah. between some teams uh, of the NHL season like 
it's really flying by. We'll take a holiday break and then World Juniors, NHL yeah. resumes, NFL playoffs, bowl season for college football. We're kind of getting into the the crux of it. NBA games might start to matter unless you're paying attention to the in-season tournament. I want to hear a full critter report tomorrow morning. I and, can't wait. And you mentioned the bowl games. I don't know if I've ever looked forward to January 1st with the two games as as much as this time around. It's going to be great. Sh- should make for a good one. Thanks to all our guests today. Andy Strickland, Ladislav Schmid, Connor Brown. We went one on one with him yesterday. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli, Brian Engwam, Cal Nichols, and Scott Wheeler, plus our co-host, obviously, Ladislav Schmid from 8 to 10. We're back with Eddie Steele tomorrow morning. Uh, thanks so much for everybody to join us this morning and be a part of our show. We had some great texts. We had lots of fun once again. Uh, before the top of the hour and uh, Fantasy Frenzy, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. The next public time automotive RV auction is now on. View on site, then bid online at info at maauctions.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will see you and hear you uh, tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Up next, here's a Sports 1440 update with the Duke.